Welcome to this week's episode for a Cowboy Life, the storytelling podcast. Presented by Smoothie King, blending goodness to fuel your greatness. I'm Brady Tinker. This week we begin to get to know the man who has been tasked with looking after, if you will, your Dallas Cowboys for most of the last 38 years. His name is Larry Wansley. As a young man, Larry went to the Marine Corps and played football. And in 1965, he became only the sixth African-American hired to be a policeman in the city of Compton, California. He was thrust right in immediately as he worked the Watts riots. And later, he was an undercover agent for the FBI, solving a long, long list of murders. And then the NFL reached out about doing some work for the Dallas Cowboys. Larry didn't know what the work would entail, but he was intrigued and he drove to Dallas to meet with Tex Schramm and then Tom Landry. And after two hours of mostly storytelling, he was hired. That was 1983. Since then, he has developed relationships with all of the greats that you know, Tom Landry, Roger Staubach, Emmett Smith, certainly Michael Irvin, and now Dak Prescott. I'm getting to know Larry and man, has it been fun. And I asked him for just one of his many stories and he said, hey Brady, do you remember the time Tom Landry had a rifle pointed at his head during a game? Um, no sir, I do not. So here it comes from Larry Wansley. They call me, I went down to the locker room, walked in and here are seven, eight officials, some in uniform. I said, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> they explained to me that there had been a credible death threat against Coach Landry. Credible death threat will be explained by Larry shortly. Suffice to say, this wasn't a prank phone call. Somebody has a gun pointed at the most beloved coach in Cowboys history. Went down to the locker room and there was a contingent of law enforcement there. FBI, League Security, Anaheim PD. Everyone you can imagine that might be on hand for security at an NFL game was now in the Cowboys locker room. And they were all about to inform the head of security for the Dallas Cowboys about an imminent threat on head coach Tom Landry. So Larry, how familiar are you with every little aspect of Anaheim Stadium? We hadn't been there many times, maybe once before. This was only Larry's third year with the Cowboys, so not many stadiums were old hat for him yet. Maybe the ones in the NFC East, but that's about it. Old Anaheim Stadium wasn't special, just a big box where they played baseball and football. So of all those people in that room right now, how many were you familiar with? The league rep I knew, the police department people, I just met them that day. So I'm just giving you as much of the lay of the land information as I can here. So what we know is there were protocols in place for all possible events, but a rifle pointed at the head coach's head wasn't the norm. So let's backtrack just a moment. Larry, when does your preparation for a Sunday NFL road football game actually start? What I would typically do is go in like Wednesday night or sometimes Thursday morning, depending on the situation. Greg Aiello, remember Greg? Yes, I do. Greg was the head of Cowboys PR in that year in 1986. He had been with the Cowboys since 1979. And when it comes to shepherding the players, the head of PR is another guy at the very top of the list. Greg and I did the advances. He did, obviously, all the media PR stuff. I did the nuts and bolts, operational security, that kind of thing. 
stadium, police, hotels, all of those kinds of things. Hotels, stadium, and police. That's pretty much everything logistically that the players will be a part of, except for the police part, hopefully. So typically I, I get there uh, Wednesday, Thursday, by Friday night, all our work is done. So Saturday is when the team comes in, and then once they come in, it's helter-skelter. Bang, 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 clockwork, itinerary, schedule, so forth and so on. And then the curfew, bed checks, next day is game day. And so it's just, it's churning once they come in. It's pretty consistent from week to week. Yes. If you're on the road. Very, very consistent. Everything is choreographed down to the minute. One of the real keys to a great NFL organization is its ability to have every little detail of the players' and coaches' preparation each week down pat. Consistency is, well, you've heard this a bit too much in the last 10 years with Jason Garrett, but consistency in the process is paramount. Why? Well, specifically the players who are young, now rich, now famous, need that consistency to keep them focused, orderly, on time, and mentally sharp during a long NFL season. They just need it. Truth is, the players crave that consistency. It gives them peace of mind. They call me, I went down to the locker room, walked in, and here are, I don't know, seven, eight officials, some in uniform. I said, hey guys, what's up? They explained to me that there had been a credible death threat against Coach Landry. My first reaction was, what? You know, I'm surprised. No, this can't be. When it became a very real situation and we all realized it, then it's by the numbers. Do what you need to do. Focus, taking care of mitigating the, the problem or the vulnerability. So we gave you a list of Larry's credentials earlier. Here's some more. And by the way, did you get amped up? Does that happen to you? I had been a SWAT guy. I'd been in firefights and all that kind of stuff. So yes, there's a certain amount of adrenaline. But in this particular situation, it was like, okay, we just have to focus and get done what we need to. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbent attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. 
You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. The steadying of a heart rate by the right guy for the job. I'd have been panicked that the head coach might get killed. I'd have probably sprinted right out of that locker room and gone to the field to tackle him. But I know you didn't sprint. So what'd you lean on, Larry? Before every game, you meet with all the officials and talk about contingencies. And normally it's like bad weather or something like that or what have you. And this is how we get the teams off the field and those kinds of things. And it's called the 100-minute meeting. We go through all that, and this is what we're going to do if, if something happens. The fact that there was a death threat against the coach, that was a little different. I bet. So now where's your head at? All the information that they, they, they had and the fact that they've been able to verify certain aspects of it. And there was a person in the stadium that had a weapon that was going to kill Landry. Credible is simply that. You know, this is something there is very, very good reason to believe that this is factual. Credible is not a word that they normally use unless it's real. There's that definition of credible death threat that I told you Larry would get to. Credible meaning a weapon, a crazy person, and a named target. How comfortable are you with this team of responders that's now standing in front of you? The only person that I knew previously was the NFL security rep. Uh, in every city there is a person that works for the NFL that the team works in concert with. We've got this group, group of guys that are there and they said we've got this very, very real, credible threat. We've got people that are now in, undercover in the stands. We've got several things that are working. but. It's a situation where we feel that Coach Landry's life is in danger. What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to get him off the field. Thank you, because, well, back to that part where I would have been sprinting out there without all the facts because I'm a classic overreactor. So go get it. So you did what? I walked out. He was standing there. Danny White was nearby, and... I stood there and said, Coach, uh, we've got a problem. And he said, what's that? There's a very real threat to your life here in the stadium. There's somebody here in the stadium that wants to shoot you. He said, okay, what do we do now? I said, I need to get you out of here. And he said, okay. He turned to Danny White, who was nearby, and said, well, I'm going with Larry. Let Jim know, Jim Myers. And we started off, and then I had him in a little cocoon, if you will, and off we went. The ever-calm Tom Landry fit right in with our man Larry Wansley. He handed his clipboard to the next man up and headed off the field. He's a little protected by the players around him, but once you clear them on the way to the tunnel off to the right, he's pretty out in the open for a shooter, right? So once we walked out of the bench area, I had a group of people surrounding him and we in a unit just walked off into the locker room so five big brave strong men surrounding coach lander as they walk towards the locker room with the coach sort of ducking his head down 
in amongst these men, thus inside the cocoon of protectors. And we go back to the locker room and I explain the situation to him. I had the police commander, the FBI folks, we all explained the situation to him. And I said, Coach, I'd really like to have you call the rest of the game from upstairs, up in the booth. And he said, Larry, I've got nothing but total respect for you and all these gentlemen here and everything. You know your business. He said, but I feel my place is with my team. The Lord's going to protect me, whatever is going to happen. But I really need to be with my, my men. Is there some way that we can do that? We were all sort of awestruck. Me too, man. You know, though, in being around Coach Landry a little bit, this wasn't some sort of false bravado, I don't think. Not any John Wayne toughness. This is who he was. He was a faith guy. But back to you guys being awestruck by his fortitude. If you can imagine, he had 80,000 people in the stands and somebody wants to shoot you, and you're saying, no, I want to go back out there. <laughs> I respect that. There is a one of the police officers in uniform, uh, was about the same size, and I asked him, can we borrow your vest? So obviously Larry thinks that he can protect Coach Landry, and just to be extra safe, let's get a bulletproof vest on him. You've worn your share of these vests through the years, Larry, what's that like? The very first one I, I had was like an umpire's chest protector, you know, very, very hard, and so it was like a Turtle shell. Now they're very, very lightweight, but very strong. Every uniform law enforcement officer is wearing one, and with some of them, you can't tell. This particular case, uh, he had one of the lighter versions for that time. Coach Landry, as you probably remember, was always dressed very dapper. Usually, he wore a very nice dress shirt and a tie, and oftentimes on a cool day, he would have a sweater underneath his suit coat. So a nice, thin piece of Kevlar might not even show. Hey, officer, can we borrow your vest? No problem. He takes his shirt off. We put the vest on Coach Landry. Well, we didn't realize it at the time, but just above the collar, there was just a smidgen, maybe about three quarters of an inch or a half inch of the vest that was exposed. So I'm confused. I said, okay, we're going back out on the field. We went back out. And mind you, it's Monday night football. The world is watching and everything else. So there was so much speculation between, you know, with the broadcast team. Michaels and, and yeah, exactly. And well, Tom Landry's never been away from his team and the game. Everybody's got their ideas about what's going on. Everybody? Like the fans and the teams or the players? Or are we talking TV and media? They had a side-by-side -side comparison of how he looked <laughs> pre-exit and then how he looked post and you could see this difference up there that was a lot of the banter amongst the, the broadcasters Al Michaels is one of the greats in our media business and Gifford is a cowboy legend and maybe the media always reports and is a slave to good TV but I swear if I was producing that broadcast I would have wanted to be careful of revealing a bulletproof vest to a national audience that might include someone the shooter knows right I mean, I guess I'm wrong. Okay, what's next? When I went back out there, I gathered several of the, the players and, and I explained to them what's going on. And I'm thinking, 
tactical sight picture and everything else. And if somebody's really trying to draw a bead on him, they're not going to be able to do it because you've got these guys, big shoulders, pads, and uniforms and everything else around him. So you can't get a clean shot at him. Um, did you have lots of volunteers to be shields for a bullet? When I explained that, there were several players that were gathered around, and I said, look, I need you guys just to kind of hang around Coach Landry, you know. From the back of the crowd, somebody said, shit. <laughs> we all kind of laughed about it, and, and I think Coach even kind of smiled with that one, you know. But they stayed. I'm skinny. I wouldn't have been much help. I'll be right over here rooting for good fortune to happen for everyone. To this day, I don't know who it was. That moment just sort of froze everything. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> A little levity was probably pretty helpful just then, actually. Either that or pass out some small brown paper bags to breathe into so you don't throw up. So the game finally ends. The Cowboys lose, but Coach is bullet-free so far. What happened when the game was over? Did the coaches do the traditional handshakes out in the middle? They just kind of waved at one another and we didn't have this gathering in the middle of the field because everything was not normal after that. We just got off the field as quickly as we could. So another sort of cocoon to get Coach Landry to the cover of the tunnel, which would take them back to the locker room. As you think back, Larry, did Tom Landry's feathers ever seem even slightly ruffled? He wasn't surprised when I first told him. He really wasn't. He said, okay, what do you want me to do? I said, let's get out of here. He just wanted to be with his men, and he had faith enough that, you know, we, the professionals, were going to take care of him. How impressed were you with Tom Landry on that day? Tom Landry was one of the greatest men I ever knew. Very, very measured. Didn't get riled about anything. If he did, he didn't show it. Everything rather matter-of-factly, and hey, you folks know what you're doing, so I'm in your hands. So Coach Landry's made it to the locker room without any shots being fired at him. That's good. How was the mood of the locker room? I mean, usually there's a lot of coaches talking to the team, explaining things. Any of that stuff happen? It wasn't a situation where there was any kind of a team meeting or a gathering or anything like that. The locker room was it was just so frenzied. Guys just want to get dressed and get out of there. And so we made sure the coach was in his area and everything was okay there. But everybody was just getting dressed and getting out of there. Nobody got in. The coach's area, as Larry described in a locker room, as you might imagine, is separate from the players and always off limits to us in the media. So once everyone is dressed and ready, the next challenge is now getting safely to the buses. We had extra security out around the buses. It was beefed up for obvious reasons after that. Right, because I'm envisioning a shooter trying to make his way to a sight line of the buses, the next and maybe last shot he might have at the coach if he's still out there running around. What was next? Frank Gifford wanted to interview me. I didn't want to do it, but they said, yeah, no, you need to give him something. I said, okay, that's fine, and, and we did. We had a threat to his life. We responded. You know, we have plans in place to handle these kinds of things. He obviously wanted to more, know more detail about the shooter and all that. But I said, you know what I know now. And this is how we responded. We got him out of there. Ah, the media, my brethren. We have to have what we want. 
And you know what? That pushing usually works because you heard it just then. Larry was sort of pushed into it. Give them a little something. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done... Get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. They identified the guy who was a mental case, but what also happened that night is they they rooted out quite a few weapons in the stands. Really? You know, people that were people that were packing. It's banned now in in NFL stadiums and so forth and so on. But uh, there, there were quite a few quite a few weapons that were discovered. The wild, wild west in 1986, and it seems we have come full circle on that front, haven't we? To the buses, one last hurdle to clear. And the buses were always close at hand. Anyway, we always got them as close to the locker room as we possibly could. But the pathway to the bus was very well covered, was swept, so to speak, uh, looking and keeping people back. A lot of undercover police, a lot of uniform police in the area and so forth. So we made sure that we had a very, very clear and safe channel for him to get onto the bus. We had a lot of extra protection after that. If there had been any attempt by anyone, it would have been thwarted very, very quickly. I mean, we virtually had an army out there. Larry and his team had it covered. Guys like this think about these scenarios all the time. Nothing was getting through the cracks because there were no cracks. Did you have a thank you meeting with Coach Landry at any point? Something very, very brief, but very courteous and grateful and and, and thanks. That's the way he was. Didn't have a whole lot to say, but you got the message right away. He was very, very thankful and that was it. If 
you ask any of Tom Landry's players through the years, they would have echoed that very sentiment. Tom Landry was great with his brevity and his clarity. You always got the message. Final impressions of the coach as you look back, Larry? It, it was very, very clear to all of us in that room with him right then. He was basically saying, I trust in God. And you are the messengers of God. You're the resources right here to carry that out. But no, it was very, very clear amongst all of us that I trust in God and I want to be with my men. So it was quite an experience. I bet. Yeah, it really was. Um, phenomenal man. After I spent several hours with Larry Wansley, former cop and SWAT team member and Marine and FBI agent, and there's so much more you don't even know. He was head of security for American Airlines during 9-11. He spent most of one year protecting Whitney Houston when she went on a European tour. This guy has done everything. He has sacrificed for all of us. And I'm glad he knows where I live because I think he's got me. This is just the beginning of the stories from this man who has played friend and hero to so many people that we all root for through the years. Thank you, Larry Wansley, for telling us a story from your cowboy life.